I said, well, hell, I got it going on then. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Reload Podcast. My name is Kyle Boone, and we've got Dustin Ragusa back again for a second consecutive pod. What's going on, Ragu? Man, just a roller coaster of a day, huh? Yeah, yeah. So um, we're recording this on today, Tuesday, or Wednesday? I got my Tuesday. Okay, so we're recording this on Tuesday night. Um, We have enough to have an emergency podcast because. well, I don't want to bury the lead. Dax Hill made his commitment tonight, and we will uh, we will get into that here in a little bit. But um, before Dax made his commitment on Tuesday, uh, Tuesday evening, while I was sitting at Chili's, um, OSU was having a pretty good day on the recruiting trail. Um, they picked up an, an early morning commitment this morning on the basketball end of things from Avery Anderson, uh, a four-star combo guard from, from uh, Texas. And then they also flipped a linebacker recruit, uh, Cam Farrar, Cameron Farrar. He's um, another kid from Texas, from Dallas Skyline, had had long been committed to Colorado, and uh, he, he announced he was flipping his commitment to Oklahoma State. So I uh, want to get your take on this, but what, what do you make of Avery Anderson? That's kind of a big deal. He's a top 100 recruit. Oh, yeah, that that's huge. I know we had talked about it a lot just because all the experts, national, uh, you know, more local, regional guys were all picking Anderson to go to Oklahoma State. It was either LSU or Oklahoma State, it looked like, from uh, 24-7 and just a lot of the recruiting sites and a lot of the experts. So I had a feeling it was going to go that way, but the fact that Boynton can land him to go along with the Boone twins, shoot us into the top 10 right. nationally in recruiting ranking and number one in the Big 12, and not just you know not just those numbers to, to rattle off. This dude is a solid player. I know you've watched a lot of film on him, yeah. and so have I. We both wrote about him a couple times, but he's going to be solid, and he's going to be what the only, the only freshman guard, and we're going to have a lot of senior guards uh, going into next season. So it's good to kind of solidify that depth uh, and, you know, have that young guy on the depth chart going into next year in the backcourt. Yeah, I love I love the Avery Anderson pickup. And, in fact, um, I believe it was two years ago I, I was at an event, an AAU event, watching Bryce Thompson, the kid out of uh, Booker T, who is an OSU recruit, and, and you know about Bryce Thompson. But yeah. I, I was watching them play, and I believe it was he was playing for RM5 Elite at the time. Um, on the AAU circuit and he wasn't he did not have any offers but he popped he was very very good he's he's a I would call I would say he's probably like a slightly above average ball handler I can see him playing probably more of the two Um, but just as far as his athleticism and his ability to create really really stood out to me I think he is um Probably his best asset is that he's so versatile. You know, he can play both ways. He's six foot two, like forty eight pounds. He's real tall and lanky. <laughs> um, he'll have to to meet Rob Glass, I guess, at some point and see if he can put some weight on. But um, I was really impressed with him whenever I watched him live, and he's really developed into you know an, a top a top recruit at his position. He's a top ten player at as a combo guard. Uh, 247 Sports has him ranked as the number 77 player 
uh, in the 2019 recruiting class. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that was a, that's a huge get for Oklahoma State. He picked OSU over Florida, LSU. Um, he had SMU offers, TCU. TCU. Yeah, and so um, Mike Boynton just continues to chug right along. I mean, I don't, I don't know what you can say about him that hasn't been said already. I think we're both all in on the Boynton era, and he just continues to churn out elite dudes on the recruiting trail and now osu uh not only has two four-star prospects they have three top 300 recruits two of which are top 150 uh national ranked and they have the number one recruiting class in the big 12 yeah i was looking at the all-time Oklahoma state recruiting yeah it's, it's <laughs> insane i was looking at the all-time rankings and i think anderson's 23 and Caleb Boone's 20. Yeah. And I was trying to find another year where they had, like in recent years, even going, I mean, Mark Smart, that, that era and everything. And it's tough to find two guys of that caliber in the same class in really since, you know, the glory days of Oklahoma State basketball. So it's pretty awesome that Boynton's been able to do this. And like I said, uh, both the Boone twins are solid players. Caleb's a stud. And then Avery Anderson, I mean, that the guy, like you said, he's just He's just really smooth with the basketball. He looks to get his get other guys involved. Yeah. He can play the one and two. And I, I think it's gonna be really, really fun, this Mike Boynton era. Yeah. I mean he's he's like your prototypical Mike Boynton recruit, I feel like. He's he can play both ways. He's very versatile. He's long, he's athletic. Um, you know, I can see him playing a little bit of point guard, a little bit of combo guard off the ball. I mean him and Isaac likely I think are gonna be like a perfect pair, in my opinion. <laughs> I, Imagine guarding those guys. I know. Good luck. I, likely <laughs> six foot four. Like he's just like uh, a Marcus Smart light in a way. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's the same type of player, but uh, just as far as size, I mean, they're basically the same size. So, so yeah, that'll be that'll be fun to watch. I can't wait to see that. And speaking of four star prospects, uh, you were talking about Marcus Watson. Tweet you sent Slack down to four schools. Do what? Uh, Marcus Watson. Yes. Yeah, he's narrowed it down to four schools. I saw you send that tweet earlier in Slack. So yeah, you know what? It, I mean, I know that they don't technically have any scholarships left, but I don't really think Mike Boynton cares. He's going to get his dudes, like we were talking about earlier. And right. if he's able to land one more guy like that, I mean, look out. Yeah, agreed, agreed. I want to get to a quick ad read before we continue, and then we will uh, pick up where we left off. Uh, Ragu, have you heard the news about the new tax bill? I have not. Okay, well, good. Um, Because Angel Johnston and Blasting Game, they have. uh, Their firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees is one of the largest in central Oklahoma. And they've been hard at work calculating how these new tax changes will affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself, Ragu. Feel free (laughs) to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-224. 6363 or visit their website at ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's 405-224-6363. Okay, uh, so we are back. We are talking uh, a little bit about, I believe it was Avery Anderson, or did we did we finish off our Avery Anderson discussion? Yeah, I think, I think we were just kind of wrapping up how Mike Boyden has been killing it. Yeah. Yeah, yes. Yeah, top I mean now it's the top 10 recruiting class in the country. Uh number 1 in the Big 12. You mentioned uh Marcus Watson. 
another guy who has OSU in his in his top four. Um, so I guess we should note that that Watson, a four star recruit, Avery Anderson, four star recruit who committed today, along with Keelan and Caleb Boone, the Boone twins, all made official visits over the weekend. Um, fill us in on on Marcus Watson because you you've been on kind of Marcus Watson duty over the past month. Yeah, I, I'm a big Marcus Watson fan. First off, I recently found out, which I'd never seen this before until I think a Rivals article, um, that him and Boynton are cousins. So that yeah. helps out Oklahoma State's case. Uh, I actually saw all those guys at the game. I was walking to the West End Zone to get some food where the you know new concessions are and everything and walked right past all those guys, and I recognized Caleb with his glasses on. Yeah. So uh, that was pretty funny seeing all of them. Did you flag like, him hey. down? <laughs> and be like, hey, uh, I write about you guys all the time on my blog. Can I get a selfie, uh-huh. bro? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but Marcus Watson, he's a wing, about 6'6", mm-hmm. from Georgia. That's what Georgia Tech's been kind of on the top of his uh, crystal ball prediction right. pretty much the whole time through his recruiting. And – he visited Oklahoma State, like you said. He's got Georgia Tech and Oregon still left in his official visits. A lot of people think he's going to go Georgia Tech, but I think Oklahoma State still has a shot, and he is a really talented player. He kind of reminds me of almost like a Jason Richardson type. He can shoot from the outside, and he's got some major, major hops. If you watch any of his highlight videos, like half the video is him dunking it. Yeah. So uh, that would be pretty exciting. Like I said, there's – there's not technically any scholarships left, but I think Boynton could uh, could could work his magic. Yeah, I saw that. Um, you know, I think the hashtag take after the a- Avery Anderson commitment was that it would fill out OSU's 2019 recruiting class. He would be the final piece to this class, but I'm not convinced that OSU is done for 2019. I I get the impression, obviously, like yes, if you want to look at like strictly scholarship numbers. OSU is at its max. They're not taking any more. Um, but that was also the case last year. And then we saw Jan Kubasima and Tavaria Shine uh, unexpectedly leave the program. Um, you know, both of them actually went to the NBA or to the NBA draft, and now they're playing overseas. But um, I get the impression that could happen again next year. Now, I'm not saying people are going to transfer, um, but it could happen. And that typically happens with division one programs. There's a lot of turnover sometimes and, and you kind of have to prepare for that. So Watson would definitely probably be the guy that you want to eyeball moving forward. I think OSU is still squarely in the mix there. And the fact that he is apparently related to Mike Boynton seems good. I don't know. I, I, I feel like that could help OSU um, in its, in its pursuit of him. Now, obviously he's from Georgia. Georgia tech has been after him for a long time. Um, I don't know what motivation you would have to have to want to play for Josh Pastner personally, but <laughs> um, I mean, can you imagine a world in which you pick Josh Pastner over Mike Boynton? I, I can't. And honestly, <laughs> Josh, this this single recruit might hurt Josh Pastner's future at Georgia Tech because if he keeps letting these in-state guys go out of state, I don't know how much longer they're going to keep him around. So I know he's all in on Watson, but I don't know why you would pick to play there. I did, Kyle, just put Watson into the uh, 247 sports yeah. class calculator. And if he were to choose Oklahoma State, that would put us in the top five. Oh, 
<laughs> so I was doing the math earlier on this 247 Sports Calculator because um, it took a little bit to calculate Avery Anderson's commitment and what it meant for OSU in the national rankings. Mm-hmm. Um, so Avery Anderson gave OSU the number nine recruiting class nationally, the number one Big 12 recruiting class. Um, so I was looking at like historically how, how impressive that is. I came up with only one time that OSU finished second in the Big 12 um, since 2006. Now, if you go back to 2005, OSU had the number one recruiting class in the Big 12. Right. And, and also nationally, that class was huge, though. Mm-hmm. Huge. Like, I think nine commitments. Like, basically, uh, they turned over their entire roster. And they also had five-star Gerald Green. They had Byron E. Who's Tom. the top recruit of all time, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah, in Oklahoma State history. Not to be spoke of. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but they had Byron Eaton in that class. Mario Bogan was in that class. Like, that class was stacked with talent. Uh, and it was... Brumbaugh like, in that class? Yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that class was loaded. Um, and I'm not saying this class is going to be all that good. And I think we should kind of reset expectations because if you look at the overall class rating, and I kind of wrote about this a little bit, just kind of like as... Um, a small caveat is right now, I think the class is ranked 52.09. Um, mm-hmm. If you look at the national rankings, like obviously it's top 10. We wrote about that today, but in final recruiting class rankings, where that would rank last year, I think that would have ranked like right around 50. Um, and then the year before it would have been like mid thirties, I believe. So, Assuming OSU makes zero moves in its recruiting class from here on out, it's impossible. It's possible, if not likely, that OSU's 2019 class, which ranks ninth currently, could end up being ranked somewhere in like the 20s to 30s to 40s. Like it's not going to stay in the top 10. Just, I don't just think based on that. amount of people, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, it it there's not a really good formula for calculating like overall quality of class so Mm -hmm. if you bring in six three-star recruits and you only bring in like two four stars the six three-star recruit class is gonna over rank the two four stars that that's just how that's how 247 sports calculates its class like there's it's a inexact science you could say but um it's it's still that's just how they do it i don't know but um so i would expect that they'll probably obviously drop off and you don't you don't want to sell all your Mike Boynton stock whenever uh, they fall into like the mid-teens and then slowly fall out into the 20s and 30s. Like, Unless they, they land Marcus Watson, which, again, that could happen, I don't see them probably making any more moves up the recruiting rankings because Kentucky's coming, Duke's coming, uh, Kansas is coming. Like all those, all those major programs are eventually going to make their moves. Texas is still pretty far down, and I would expect them to make a move up. So... Um, I, I think there'll be some changes, but anyways, I just wanted to throw that caveat. Um, so we, we got off talking about how OSU had a great start to its Tuesday. We talked about Avery Anderson. Um, we got off on a little bit of a tangent on Marcus Watson because he's still a, obviously a very important recruit for OSU moving forward in the 2019 class. On the football side of things, OSU also got some good news. So uh, about middle of the day, OSU found out that Cam Farrar, Cameron Farrar is his full name, um, flipped his commitment from Colorado 
to Oklahoma State, and he's a 2019 linebacker from Texas, Dallas Skyline prospect. Um, what do you think about Farrar? Did you see any of his highlights? He looks pretty good. Yeah, he does look like a good player. So he's a three-star. Uh, I think they had him ranked as like the number 83 outside linebacker. Yeah. But when you when you go look at him, he he plays really physical and he plays bigger than his size. But he's uh, only listed at like six foot two hundred. Yeah. So he could definitely be. I think you. I think you even mentioned this in your article. But he could definitely be a Calvin Bundage oh, sure. type edge rusher and. Jim Knowles' defense, how we've seen uh, Brailford and Bundage kind of moved around a little bit, and on, especially on third down and different blitz packages using them. So I could see him being something like that. And, you know, with with our lead story, maybe they even flip, flip him to safety, Yeah, you know, at a size like that. So, um, but dude looks like a stud, solid flip, you know, obviously when we're talking, when we're talking about a five-star later and then we're talking about a three-star, it's... You know, I'm sure a lot of fans are going to be like, well, come on, you know, guys, it's just a three-star. But the dude's a solid player, really good flip for the Oklahoma State coaching staff, and uh, I could definitely see him making an impact. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And, in fact, if you – I'm sure you follow the same people I do on Twitter, but a lot of people in, like, the scouting community, like 247 Sports, previous scout guys, guys who cover Texas high school football, um, all raved about this kid. They all raved about Farrar, how – talented he is how underrated he is i think this is a great pickup you know farrar was not a under the radar prospect uh by any stretch of imagination he had 11 offers colorado offered air force offered there's several other programs that were in the mix tcu was was also heavily involved in trying to flip him uh during his recruiting process and he held his uh, colorado commitment for several months uh, made the change today, and and I think that was just um, you know it, it was a continuation of OSU making a concerted effort to to try and get him because linebacker has been a major priority in this 2019 recruiting class. They've got a commitment from Nadrian Dizadar uh, out of Louisiana. I'm positive I'm pronouncing that wrong, but um, <laughs> he's also an outside linebacker. And so they've got two like really versatile guys. I really like what they're doing. I mean, they're, they haven't got an inside linebacker as like kind of I was hoping they would. Um, but maybe there's not a place for an outside or for a middle linebacker like a Chad Whitener or um, like a Ryan Phillips in this in this four two five defense. I don't I don't really know what to make of it, but it seems like they're moving towards. Uh, more versatile linebackers who can rush the quarterback, like Calvin Budage, um, Kenneth Edison Magruder type uh, builds, and so um, Ferrars Ferrars are really exciting kid. I really like them. Yeah, they're definitely looking for speed and physicality, and guys who want to and can get after the quarterback. So I think Ferrar definitely fits that mold, and I'll be excited to see what he can do uh, in the future for Oklahoma State on the defensive side. Yes, agreed, agreed. Uh, let's hear one more word from our sponsor and then we will, uh, wrap up with some, uh, Michigan talk. And then we've also got, uh, Dax and a mailbag we will get to here in just a minute. Uh, you may have heard the news that there's a new tax bill, but Ragu, do you know how it affects you? I've already told you once. Do you know? I, I literally didn't listen to you the first okay, time. So well, tell let, me again. Let me tell you. Angel Johnson and blasting game. They've been hard at work figuring out how this new tax bill is going to affect you. They've got a firm of 10 CPAs and 22 total employees. It's one of the largest in central Oklahoma. 
They've been hard at work calculating how these tax changes are going to affect hardworking cowboys just like yourself. Feel free to give Cameron or Evan a call at 405-224-6363 or they have a website you can check out ajb-cpas.com. Again, that's Cameron or Evan that you can reach and their number is 405-224-6363. Okay, um, let's go ahead and get to a mailbag if you want to go ahead and wrap up with... Uh, with that, and then we can finish on on Dax and the news of the day, I guess. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Okay. Um, let's see here. Oh, we've got some good questions. Okay, so actually, we didn't we didn't get that many, but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Um, Eric Williams says, "How come he don't want me, man?" With a gif of of Will Smith. Okay, that was a good one. Um, Nathan Gilsled, uh, Slider, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that wrong. Um, he's a former OSU receiver. He says, why Michigan? And does this feel like it's 100% done? What do you think? I, I think it's 100% done. Uh, I think, you know, Dax kind of laid it out. I didn't know, were you going to go into that on the why Michigan from, from his perspective? Yeah, yeah, I can it, yeah, I just from from my end, really, just they have a they have a big good history. Uh, I'm, again, I would have picked Oklahoma State, yeah. but I'm biased. They have a strong history, uh, a lot of pros from Michigan, Heisman Trophy winners. Uh, Got the big house in Ann Arbor. They got Harbaugh, the big profile coach, um, and you know you're not going up against Big Twelve offenses every week. Yeah. That, those those would be kind of my thoughts if I was going to pick there. Uh, they probably would have been out of his final schools. They would have been down my list for sure. Uh, yeah. Bama and Ohio State, I think, would have trumped Michigan for me. Um, and then Alabama, just in general, which I think you and I have kind of talked about. I know we've talked about it in person before and possibly on the last podcast. But the, when when you're a five star number one safety and you choose Bama and you get any kind of playing time at all your freshman year, you're skyrocketing up the draft boards. Yes, agreed. So uh, that probably would have been my choice if I was him. But, you know, he, he has his reasons. He mentioned them. So I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Um, I concur with all of that. I think um, there's a lot of factors that went into it. But honestly, I think he just – he had the best relationship with Michigan's coaching staff. Like, um, I, th- I think that had a lot to do with it, just the fact that – he feels like the alumni base at Michigan is is going to give him his best shot post football. Um, I you know I can't hardly blame him. Like he I think he had pretty solid base in explaining his decision. Um, I was gonna read actually why he committed. He he made like an announcement on Twitter on Tuesday on um, just like in his little notepad. But he also kind of went in detail about Michigan in general earlier this weekend on a Michigan site. Um, so I'll, I'll, I'll read that now and, um, we can put this to the tune of some sad music and we can all wallow in our own tears together later. Uh, he says, first, I thank God for putting me in this position and giving me the talent to perform with my teammates. I thank my team for getting me better every day and I wouldn't be here without you guys. 
Secondly, I would like to thank my parents for sacrificing their time to take me to practices, games, and their support throughout this process. A huge shout out to my trainer, Dwight Dobbins, for taking the time to train me and improving me as a defensive back. Coach Rod Thompson, shout out to Rod Thompson, uh, I appreciate you for developing me into the student athlete I am today. I thank all the universities for recruiting me and taking time to invest in me. With that being said, I will be committing to the University of Michigan. Go Blue! All right, so uh, then he goes in detail a little bit more. This is uh, in an interview uh, from earlier this week. So I, I probably should have caught this in real time, but a Michigan 247 site actually came down to Oklahoma to do an exclusive interview with him, um, which is like, that should have set off alarm bells. Like, oh, hello. Yeah. Like, they obviously think it's worth it to come and do an interview with him. They must know, like, kind of where he's leaning. Um, they said He said, with Michigan, I've created good relationships with the commits, mostly all of them at the opening and before the opening. Just texting them, and we're in a group chat. I like the coaches, too, just the way I communicate with other with the other coaches. Coach Moore, a uh, Michigan coach, said has always been in contact with me. Uh, Dax says, I know whenever I don't text him back, he's always still texting me to make sure I'm all right. Uh, so that's great coming from him. I'm always in communication with him, always talking to him. If I'm not texting him, I'm calling or FaceTime, FaceTiming him. And he said about his his visit before his official visit this past weekend where he went to Ann Arbor. Uh, he said, when I went up there, they talked about their alumni and how if football doesn't work, you can always hit up somebody that used to go there. Um, they'll connect you with the person. So the alumni, that was one thing that I really loved about Michigan. So that was that was his uh, explainer on why he why he committed to, to Michigan. Um, what do you make of that? Do you buy that or no? I buy it. Something yeah. that really stuck out to me. I, I mentioned this to you off air, but the fact that he talked about the relationships with the other Michigan commits at the opening. Yeah. Um, and for those of you that don't know, Nike, the opening it's where a lot of the top recruits go. They run their 40, stuff like that. Some of them release their scores on Twitter if they're good. Some of them don't. They kind of do a 247 sports type overall composite score. Um, and they do obviously like some of the other combine type drills, shuttle and 40 and stuff like that. And a lot of the reporters go down there. Well, one thing that stuck out to me about that is Oklahoma state didn't have any other really interested prospects at the opening. Um, they don't normally Dax was really the only one. And you know, that that's just tough to hear because, as we as we've talked about before, good players want to play with other good players, yep. and he built these relationships while he was out there at this camp with these other guys committed to Michigan, and Oklahoma State didn't really have any way to combat that because they don't have any other guys there for him to even attempt, not even one guy to build a relationship with. So that's just a major disadvantage and something I don't really know. I mean, that's I don't know if it's more of a recruiting philosophy thing or just, you know, the brand. It, you know, it's it, that's just tough to hear that he pointed that out. And there's not there wasn't really any way for Oklahoma State to kind of fight back against that. Yeah. And there, this year. there's never I don't want to say never. There is rarely an OSU recruit, let alone a commit that makes it to the opening. And um, I would argue that part of 
recruiting and part of the process and part of the scouting and part of recruiting services is highly political. I think that, um, you know, Texas recruits get a little more favor than other, for, for example, Oklahoma State recruits. I think Alabama recruits get more favor when it comes to, um, you know, South Alabama recruits. Like that, that is, there is a natural bias um, that comes if, if Saban offers versus, um, you know, an, an SEC uh, bottom feeder or like an, you know, a Big East program. I think, I think that just happens. But um, I, I do think that that does hurt OSU and that hurts OSU um, with Dax, obviously, because they, they didn't have any um, recruits there to link up with him to develop a, a relationship. So, you know, Dax could meet some of OSU's recruits on an unofficial visit. Obviously, he's been to OSU several times, but, um, you know, fostering that relationship and fostering them with elite prospects is is not going to happen often when it comes to OSU. That's just that's just not how it's been. I think the last time OSU had a recruit at the opening was, um, I would have to say Nick Starkle. I believe he made it to the opening. Was he there? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Um, before that, Jalen Lane, I believe, also went. And, and Jalen Lane didn't even end up making it to, to Oklahoma State. He uh, had some issues during his recruitment, and OSU pulled its offer from him. So there's a lot going on there. But, yeah, long story short, I, I do think that hurt OSU in the long term that um, – you know they didn't. They didn't have your representation there, and Michigan had a lot of it. And I think that matters. I think, like you said, big time recruits want to play with other big time talents. And uh, maybe I guess he didn't see that OSU was was uh, in that category. Um, so yeah, let's let's move on to our mailbag questions so we can knock those out. Uh, uh, we got one from Colin Johnston says is missing out on siblings. Uh, something we already have on campus going to continue. Is it truly a problem? I mean, <laughs> I think it kind of is. Yeah. We were we, we were talking about it in the Slack chat, you know, uh, <clears throat> listing them off. You have, what, Caden Stearns, Jordan Stearns' little brother going to Texas. Yeah. Uh, Logan Rudolph, Mason Rudolph's little brother going to uh, Clemson. Yep. Um. I know Darian Daniels' little brother he missed out on. Yeah, Damian uh, went to uh, Nebraska. He's in Nebraska now. I'm sure there's there's probably more, but um, but then but you know they've got guys like they have. Cole Cole Walterscheid's little brother. Yep. Uh, got Thomas Harper committed. Yep. Um, the Wallace Bros, which that's kind of a yep, same time type of thing because they're yep. twins. But yep. um, I don't know it. I think it'll continue. I mean, I think if the bottom line is that if you're a four-star or five-star recruit, no matter if you're blood relatives with Mike Gundy or have no relation to the Oklahoma State program, I just think OSU is going to have a hard time recruiting those type of players. Yeah, no, I completely agree. It's yeah. it's not really more – it's more of a Oklahoma State thing depending on the caliber of recruit than it is the sibling thing it seems like, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, James Ingle says, where are the odds Michigan loses to Michigan State and Ohio State again this year? 
Harbaugh gets fired, Dax decommits, and then commits to Oklahoma State. I would say his chances are slim to none. <laughs> I was going to say zero. J- uh, James, James Engel had a little winky face at the end, like, you know, this that might be a pipe dream. I really do think Dax to Michigan is, like, that's solid. Whether or not Harbaugh is long for the job or not, I think he's – I think he's committing to the program, not to not to Harbaugh. So, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, Robbie D says, "Who cares? Uh, he chose Michigan and OK State. Missed out on another game-changing recruit." End of story. Okay, that wasn't a question. Uh, <laughs> Geo Poke says, "Barry Sanders Jr. and Dax." Oh, I forgot about Barry Sanders. Uh, both families are loved here. Do they feel comfortable enough to explore, knowing they always can come back? Is there really nothing to analyze? I think it's more what we talked about with yeah. the, the caliber of recruit, I think, than just the comfortability of coming back. I don't know if that's really on their mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't know if there's anything to add to that. Uh, Chris Haxton says, chances the Pokes can swoop in and steal him by signing day. Again, probably, probably not. I don't think so. Yeah. Jeff Bramlett, is, that, is it that big of a deal? He's going elsewhere. Good luck. Okay. Um <laughs> Who is left? This is from Ivante. Who is left on the recruit big board that you guys think will be the focus moving forward? Oh, great question. I I think it's got to be Jonathan McGill, huh? I guess. Yeah. I, I just. I mean, who, I don't. I don't get good vibes from that. I I don't think he's going to OSU. Oh, I I mean, it's I, I don't think he is either. It, it seems like it's Stanford. Yeah. But I don't know of any other. I can't think of any other safety that's. You know, even close to the – which there's not anybody really even close to the caliber of Dax, but anybody that would even be in the realm besides McGill that they have a shot with. I I don't think that there is. I, I really, I mean, I, I don't want to be like a Debbie Downer. I just don't think that, you know, you, you can't have a backup plan for when a player like Dax falls through. Like, you know, it's just going to be that's, – that's what happened and – wipe your hands of it like you're not getting a, a even a dax hill quality like player as your second option um and they don't currently have any safeties right they have right. defensive backs that could possibly play safety correct committed yep. in 2019 but not any true safeties correct i think sion vaki vaki is i saw he recently was visiting utah or he just visited utah yeah, I don't know that there's much to that. OSU offered him before, um, and he's kind of like a wide receiver safety hybrid. I yeah. think OSU's offer, uh, recruiting him as a safety. Um, but he's from California. I don't know that um, OSU's all that involved. And I don't know, frankly, if they're all that interested either. I mean, I would yeah. su- it would surprise me if they just didn't go with a safety this cycle. If they don't get McGill, just move on to the next class because I, you know, they, they had five safeties last cycle with Kenya Williams and uh, Jarek Bernard and Colby pill and those guys. So they're, they're really young right now. They are. I, like yeah. you said, uh, peel Waniki is a sophomore. Bernard's a freshman. Yep. Malcolm Rodriguez is a sophomore. Yep. They got green for another year. Sean Michael Flanagan, uh, can So, yep. I agree. I agree. Uh, that's all the questions we had. We didn't have that many, actually. Surprising. So I did want to get your just. I guess I, we haven't. I haven't really asked you. What's just your overall take on Michigan? Um, I don't know. It's just I'm not surprised that Dax committed to Michigan. Like I think it's 
been heading that way for a few weeks. Um, today was kind of a weird day. Like, I got a message from a hashtag sauce saying that <laughs> saying that uh, that Dax was committing today, and so you know I'm like trying to make make my phone calls and see who knows and who knows about what and no one's answering their phone. Like it's, it's like <laughs> fairly unusual. So I like, I'll send out my text messages, like, you know, just kind of feeling out what was going on because Dax Hill committing, like could crash our website like easily. Right. It's big news. And, right. um, I didn't hear back from anyone. So I'm like, okay, this could be real. And I hear from someone later, um, that, that he's committing it and it's going to be Michigan. So I'm like, okay, well, this sucks, but I'll, I'll like, you know, prepare my, uh, prepare my news or like prepare a budget on what we're going to write and when we're going to podcast and all that stuff. And so it's, that happens at like three in the afternoon maybe. And so nothing happens for several hours and we're like, okay, well we must've got burned bad sources. I don't know what's happening, but like nothing, nothing's going on tonight. Let's just pack it up and we'll, we'll do it tomorrow. So like my wife and I went to go buy a computer tonight for her and uh, we went to Chili's and we are like, <laughs> of course we got the two for 20. So we're sitting there ordering the two for 20 and um, you know, I get like a notification on my phone. It's like, I'm committing to Michigan. It's like a notification from Dax and I'm like, Oh God. Okay. Well, this is, this is great. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not all that surprised. I didn't think it was going to be Oklahoma state and I haven't probably thought it's going to be Oklahoma state for a while. Um, but it's, it's still a bummer. Like, I think I was telling you this, but it feels like the Lakers and LeBron, like I, the Lakers have been extremely, extremely average for like the past five years. And yet they still, this off season picked up the number one free agent in LeBron James. Clearly they didn't deserve him, uh, because <laughs> they haven't, they haven't really been wise, uh, when it comes to financial decisions, like you know, they, they just, for example, they, they signed Timofey Mozgov to like a gargantuan Dude. contract and they're Mozgov's like, Mozgov's the man. Yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> they paid him like $80 million. Um, when the spike, uh, when the cap spiked a few years ago and then it's like, okay, well that was really stupid. Um, yeah. they clearly didn't deserve it. They made a bunch of dumb moves, but LeBron bailed them out. I feel like that could happen with Michigan. Like Michigan has been extremely mediocre. Like, they are the definition of the Big Ten, which the Big Ten is like extremely overrated. Michigan just wins eight and five every year, and and yet still Dax, the number one recruit at safety, the number one recruit in the country, is is picking Michigan for reasons we don't know. You know, it's like the Lakers are a historically great franchise. Michigan, I guess, has has some national championships, and they've been their highs have been historically really good, but I mean, come on, it's Michigan. Like, Hey, I we have good alumni overrated. too. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I'm an alumni. I could give him a job. I mean, come to me, I, with me, I don't even blame them. It's like, okay, you can pick Michigan. That's fine. But like, why, why Michigan when you can pick Alabama or Clemson? Yeah. Like that's what kind of, that's, that's my take. I, my I mean, I probably wouldn't, yeah. I probably wouldn't even pick Oklahoma state. Honestly, it's like, if I'm a, the caliber player, he is, I'm going to Alabama. Like, I'm sorry. I want to play for Nick Saban. I'll play for the goat and just roll the dice and see what happens. I'll be the number one pick in 2022. 
I mean, there's a good chance he's not even playing for Jim Harbaugh in like two years. Like they could have another coach. Yeah, I the, I kind of talked about that at the beginning, but Michigan was a little bit of a surprise for me. Not really when I when I kind of look back after the visit and all the momentum that yeah. Michigan was getting, and then talking to you, you know, it, it wasn't really a surprise when he actually announced it. But right. a couple of weeks ago, if you would have told me he was going to Michigan, I would have been like, really? With those other schools on that list? Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely a little odd, and definitely, definitely sucks. Maybe the long, long con in all this is um, Gundy knows that Harbaugh's going to tank and he's going to be gone in two years, and Gundy just wants to be successful so he can take the Michigan job and coach Dax in in two thousand twenty. <laughs> is that what's happening now here? That is a take. <laughs> <laughs> or may, or maybe Yersich torpedoed the entire Dax commit uh, Dax recruitment so he could take the Michigan job in two years. <laughs> Uh, these are some hot takes but i like them i did (laughs) i did go to the class calculator while you were talking and it still let me put dax in for oklahoma state yeah just to uh make myself feel even worse but it shoots us up basically into the top three in the big 12 uh where's those you at nationally uh it put them i think in the mid 20s up from 43 they're 43rd nationally and they're seventh in the big 12 right now Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So that shot them up uh, ahead of Iowa State, and I think like almost tied with TCU, so like third in the Big 12. I just closed out of it, but that would have been in the mid-20s, I believe, like 27, 26. Yeah. Uh, so. It's a bummer. It's a bummer. I mean, he would have been the highest-rated recruit for OSU uh, ever. So Yeah, I think it is ever. I think it's higher than Bobby Reed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Brian Metcalf had a late question. He says, did the change at defensive coordinator affect his choice, do you think? I figured the long he held out to see our new schemes, we might have had a chance. Um, I don't think – I don't. I honestly don't think that played much of a factor. Um, I think if he watched OSU's system and he watched the scheme, he would definitely like where he would fit. You know, I think, I think OSU features its safeties. They try and – uh, get him into safety blitzes. They try and get him into uh, playing the five defensive back backfield. Um, but I, I just think, like you mentioned, playing at Michigan, it's very prestigious. You're not playing against Big 12 offenses, which seems really enticing to me. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that it probably affected it all that much. What do you think? Definitely not negatively. Yeah. I don't think it would have. It, it would have been positive. I mean, one way to look at it is he has three different safety positions he can try out and see if he likes. And like you said, they're they're featured in the offense and they're the playmakers in the offense. And Jim Knowles puts a lot on his safeties to go out there and make plays and wreck yeah. havoc. And I don't know why someone with his talent would ever see that as a negative. So I definitely don't think it affected negatively. I just think in the grand scheme of things, he – he just liked Michigan more. Yeah. Yep. I agree. So that sucks. It sucks. Sucks for the blog. I wish he had strung it out another three months. We could have got more Dax content. <laughs> would you would you be able to survive that long? Oh, absolutely. Every time Dax <laughs> sneezes, I'm like, I right, I'll get a post on this real quick. Let's get it popping. Emergency podcast. <laughs> it is uh is it a little sad to be over for you? It it 
it's bittersweet. It's kind of like the Trey Young recruitment. It was mm-hmm. very similar in a lot of ways. Like it, it dragged on forever. I felt like there was a lot of like um, backlash to the coverage. Like I noticed earlier this week, we posted an article about Dax explaining his finalist, and people are like, "Just get on with it already. Just make your. <laughs> we don't even want you if you're not if you're not a hundred percent for OSU. Just leave." And it's like this. That's not how recruiting works, you know. There's multiple people in multiple of my group messages that uh, that respond like that when any so when any text bills brought up, and yes, multiple group messages. I have a lot of friends. I just want you to know that, can, not to brag. Can you can you imagine being Bama and having to deal with five stars every day? <laughs> oh man, I don't think this fan base can handle that. No, one fan base, one five star was was more than enough for OSU to handle for an entire cycle. <laughs> Man, and he didn't even drag it out to signing day. It's not like he made a last-minute decision and crushed Oshu's hopes. I mean, I don't think he ever sent any back signals that, that he was liking Oshu all that much. No, he was really cryptic, yeah. always, the whole time. I yeah. It was hard to get a feel on him at all. Yep. I asked, I asked Justice on Saturday after the Boise State game where he was going, and, uh, you know, Justice gave me, like, the – shy shrug like i don't know man you know he's real quiet and yeah. i was like it's michigan isn't it and he goes i don't know man he's in an arbor this weekend I was like, yeah i know <laughs> so yeah i mean i guess it's not that surprising yeah there will always be other daxes in the world i'm just kidding there's definitely not gonna be another dax well there's there's always recruiting going on yeah so we for can sure. we can probably it might take a little while for this one but we'll definitely get over it, and we'll definitely be covering other guys. Agreed. We hope we can land. Agreed. And that's a good note for us to end. Um, Ragu, thanks for second consecutive podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Okay, we'll have to do it again soon. Sure. Okay, later.